Hello and welcome back to Life-Giving Habits from Seven Vineyard, where we're looking at things Jesus did and asking if we do them too, can we become more like Jesus? And so, can they become life-giving habits for us? Today, Mal Caladine looks at pilgrimage, where we move from where we are to be closer to something we want or need. He has lots of examples in this talk from February 2017 and starts with an important question. What do you think of when you think of pilgrimage? I think many people think of the Hajj, you know, one of the big five of Islam, Islamic culture. Um, and you, uh, at one point in your life, you should go to this incredible gathering where you gather with all these other travelers and journeyers. There's also expressions of it in the, in the Christian tradition. Uh, lots of people go on pilgrimages um, to Jerusalem and or to up a mountain. But my favorite is this one. Um, this is the Camino Way in um, Spain. Uh, um, well, the destination is a place called Santiago de Compostela. Anybody been there? Wow! Um, did you, now, uh, it's, uh, it's an extraordinary place. And what these maps show is the different pilgrimage routes. There's the Portuguese way and the Viennese way, and there's even the English way. And the English way is the really short blue one that is due north to the port. So you've, you've gone by, and there's this tiny little one that is the English way. Um, but because of the shape, uh, the reason that that shell, um, the scallop shell, is called the Coquille Saint-Jacques is that it's the shell of St. James. And the place, Santiago de Compostela, is the place of St. James. It's where his bones are supposed to have been buried. So when the disciples all spread out across the world, and uh, after Jesus died, Thomas reached India, so that Andrew reached Scotland, and St. Andrews is where his bones are buried under the cathedral. James reached Santiago de Compostela. Um, and so that's why these guys go there. And they go there on all these different ways. Um, I have some friends who, who were in the Czech Republic and, and walked from the Czech Republic all along the um, pathways, all along this way, stopping at youth hostels and meeting with different uh, travellers on the way uh, during it. And they said it was the most amazing experience of being, having a common thing with a group of people and speaking, talking about different things than you normally talked about and this totally different spiritual journey. And because of that shape, that bottom one is actually the marker of the Camino Way um, that goes across. The, or, and if you have a holiday in the south of France, you might well see that, that on the roadside, that it marks the Camino Way from across Europe to uh, Santiago de Compostela. And when you finally reach there, there's this extraordinary cathedral. You reach the square, which is the end of the pilgrimage, in front of the cathedral. And then the maddest bit, the reason I most want to go, is that there is the biggest flaming handbag in the world inside the church. In, the, in Catholic churches, there's a thing called a thurifer. Um, which is uh, the, the flaming handbag, the thing with the, uh, the incense to, to, that when people pray, um, the idea of prayers of incense, and people can do that. That one is 1.6 metres tall. 
It's the size of a person. Six priests take a running jump at it and throw it down the aisle. And it's on this loop. And it, you, can, you can watch it on YouTube. I have over the last few days. There's these crazy back and forth as it's swinging. And all these people who've been on a journey and a meeting with God in their tradition have this massive flaming handbag above their heads. And it's amazing spiritual experience. Anyway, maybe not your tradition, not mine, but I'm really interested to, uh, to go and see. And it's called the Botta Fumero, the big fire. Anyway, um, that's that. Um, but where else do we do? Um, I, I want to suggest to you that pilgrimage is supposed to be a key part of our lives. Um, and it's something for us to engage with, not just on trips like this. But if there's one thing I'd want you to take away, I think there's one key verse on pilgrimage in Scripture. And it's Psalm 84, verse 5. And it looks just like this. If the only thing you take away is this, I'd be delighted. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. What's, where does, uh, when our hearts, blessed are those who are strengthened. Who, where do you get your strength from? Actually, you get it from if your heart is defined by being a traveler on the way. Um, the definition of pilgrimage is this in, in that verse. It's literally a highway. It's one whose heart is set on a journey. It's literally the highways where a traveller is strengthened to know God as the deliverer and sustainer of his life or her life. Um, it literally at that time would have meant the highways to the religious festivals. We're coming into a religious festival. The pilgrimage that they would have been set on is the highway that took them to Jerusalem. Jerusalem was the focus of their religious festivals a number of times a year. And if you read the Psalms, the Psalm 113 to 118 are the songs of ascent. I was glad when they said to me, let's go up the hill of the Lord. Let's go for the big whoop-de-doo. There may be all kinds of things going on there. God's presence, maybe a flaming handbag, not sure. But it'll be great. There'll be all kinds of things going on. Um, uh, it's one who is, whose heart is set on journey, on, on travel, on, being, on doing something that's a little bit different. And in that place, we know deliverance and sustaining. It's linked to the word for disciple. The word disciple is literally traveler on the way, a follower. I really like this when I understand things like... Um, uh, when people talk about, well, what's the difference between accountability and mentoring and those you're supposed to lead? Well, it's, it's really easy. In the early church, there was the way. You know, the, the, the Christian church was first called, Acts tells us, the, 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 the Christian religion, the faith, was first known as the way. That's what it was first known as. And, then, um, and the people who were the followers were called travelers on the way. And those who were further down the way, those who you look to, the shepherds following the great shepherd maybe are a bit further down the way than you. And then there's the people you get to travel on the way with who are your friends, who are the people you enjoy the company of, who probably you can talk spiritually with and be on the same page as. And then there are guys who maybe 
aren't following as quite as much as, as you are following the great shepherd, but actually they're somewhere on the way. Do you see what I mean? Everybody's on the way somewhere. It's just, um, it's another talk, but we all look like, we all look like shepherds from, beh- from in front and sheep from behind. Or the other way around. We all look like sheep from in front and shepherds from behind. But uh, that's in terms of the way. Do you get this idea? There's something about the way. There's something about it. And I see it in our culture. I see people talking about seasons where they want to be set apart, where they want to do something different, where they want a different perspective. I see guys talking about a, a, um, a career break. Take, you know, I need to take a break. I need a different perspective. Um, I love, uh, we saw Lucy Goodwin yesterday, lots of you know Lucy, um, she's about to go to New Zealand and we watched a New Zealand movie with her to get her in the, her in the mood, a brilliant movie called Hunt for the Wilder People Woo! on Netflix, great, great movie, um, really funny, really odd, great movie, <laughs> um, and it's all about New Zealand. And it's a kind of to get her ready for this season of, of a different perspective. I see guys on social media everywhere do, doing a challenge. I'm doing a challenge for this. I'm, I, I want a different perspective. I want to have a season where I'm, I'm, I'm being challenged in a different way to do things differently. So I'm, I'm going to sleep on the streets or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do um, dry January or sugar-free February or whatever it is. Do you see what I mean? Seasons of challenge. Seasons of challenge to get a different perspective. And I guess my question for you is, as you think about this next season as we come into Easter... Um, What's the pilgrimage that you want to go on? What's the different perspective that you could do with? What's the different view? What is the different process? What is the thing that you need to engage with? I want to suggest to you there are three P's of pilgrimage. Pilgrimage people, pilgrimage places, and pilgrimage process. Can we look at those? There you go. Three Ps. Pilgrimage places. As uh, we want to come to communion, I'm hoping that you have a bit of time, with, maybe with some other people, to remember Jesus and say, in this season, this is over this Lenten season, this is what I'm going to do. Is there anywhere that is a, is a place for you where you meet with God? Is it a gathering of people? Is it a thin place? where you feel like the Celtic tradition talked about thin places where they drew near to God. Uh, in, uh, I knew a lot of our friends for a season, they went to Toronto where there was this big outpouring of the Spirit. And the number one thing I noticed was that when people came back from having had uh, 10 days in this, at this Christian festival, they looked like they'd been on holiday because they were so rested, they were so peaceful. They'd met with the living God. Now, some people do that at a Christian festival. And maybe it's Lenten season. You think, I need to book. I need to book for new wine or, or spring harvest or soul survivor. Or a number of us this year are going to um, Naturally Supernatural, uh, which is the first year of a, a kind of family soul survivor. And uh, already our youth workers, um, Hannah and Paul, Uh, are going to be village hosts there and we could you may want to book into that as a a place to go this is a place i'll meet with god 
Or maybe there's a, a nature place for you. Maybe there's a place where you would draw to, a cave place. Elijah was told by the Lord to, to hide, to hide himself, just to be restored in a cave. Do you have a, a, spirit, a place where you know you meet with the Lord? For me, there's a few places by the ocean that feel like that. And there are also places, a few mountains. There's a view up above, um, up above Wick that is right the way over Bristol and across to Wales. It just happens to be on a golf course as well, which is very handy. But the seventh tee, you've just walked up the top of this hill and you turn around and there is this panoramic view. And every single person I've ever gone up there with, I said, let's turn around and just give thanks and have a moment. You know, where are your places that actually you know that you intentionally go on a journey and meet with God in that place? In this Lent season, what are you going to do about it? Secondly, there's pilgrimage people, other destinations, people that you go to and say, this is... uh, These people encourage me and they inspire me. They don't have to be alive, even. Um, uh, When we we did the uh, life-giving habit of prayer, I told you about the lady on the right, Sister Winsome, um, a real-life Whoopi Goldberg in Sister Act. She is an amazing... She's now Mother Winsome. Um, And she prays five hours a day. And she's the most... She used to be a Baptist and God told her to be a nun. And she worked in the city of London and she had to give away her Rolex. And now she has nothing. And uh, she's the most prayerful woman I've ever met. I am inspired in her presence. There are three different kinds of people in our life, as I understand it, in terms of travel on the way. There can be very demanding people who take from our energy. They're good to serve and be with, but actually it's a demand. There are very lovely people, who VLPs, not VDPs, who are good to do life with and are our friends and our companions on the journey. And then there are very inspiring people, VIPs. Who are your VIPs? Who do you need to go make in this coming season of pilgrimage think, I could do with organizing to go and see them? See what I mean? And what I mean by they don't have to be alive is the guy top left is George Miller. George Miller's had a massive effect on this uh, city. And I've done it with a number of groups. I take guys up to um, a place that I'd driven past loads of times in Bristol without knowing what it was, without knowing that by faith a man prayed and never told people his needs and ended up building... um, orphanages that could house 2,050 uh, children um, and that he did it all by prayer and that, um, and that these orphanages are in your city and that you can walk, I'd take a group along and tell them the story of it and then and we'd get to the end and, uh, and I'd say let's walk back in silence and ask the Lord what are, the, what are your dreams that you want to see fulfilled in your life? What are the things that you want to be reliant on his provision and to pray that he would do? And then we'd walk back along the orphanage houses, which are now Bristol College, um, in silence and in prayer. We're going to do this on March the 7th. 
If you're free at all on Tuesday, March the 7th, you'd be really welcome to join us um, during, the, during the morning. It's a Tuesday, um, but uh, contact either me or Hannah Welch. And uh, on that day, we're going to go on a pilgrimage of, of the, the, the giants of our city and ask God to speak to us out of those people. Does that make sense? The other is, um, just who really loves on you and you spiritually respect? Uh, the other one, one of those is my daughter in the middle, and the other two are my in-laws. And um, they are, uh, to go and see them is to be challenged in the presence of the living God. Um, we know that they've prayed for us every day of our, of our marriage. Um, and we know that they love us. And to go see them is to be inspired, is to be really inspired. And to go celebrate their 50th wedding anniversary and to go ask them, um, what advice have you got to your grandchildren? And to hear the things that they said was inspiring. So who's your inspiring people that you should think about pilgrimage towards this season, this Lenten season? Finally, pilgrimage process. It's another talk to talk massively about the pilgrimage process. But the next verses in Isaiah, um, sorry, in Psalm 84, um, verse 6, this is what it says, is that those whose strength is in the Lord whose heart is set towards pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. It's a place of... Um, the, Baca, the valley of Baca, uh, nobody has been able to find it. They don't think it exists. I think it's a metaphor because the word Baca means tears. It's as they pass through the valley of tears. Part of pilgrimage process is to deal with your disappointments, to deal with the mourning places, the hard places, the places of tears. Um, our suggested uh, study for small groups, if you want to look at pilgrimage, is actually Psalm 23. I don't understand why Psalm 23 is the most popular reading at funerals, because it is a psalm for the living. It's not a psalm for the dead. It talks about... Um, those who live in what God is doing. And it explains, I mean, it's great to talk about a pilgrim's life. I'm not wanting to say it's not appropriate to have at funerals, because it is. But it's not just about death. It's about life. The Lord is my shepherd. I will lack no good thing. That's about your life. The Lord's my shepherd, I'll lack no good thing. He'll make me lie down in green pastures, and then he'll take me on a journey. The journey of Psalm 23 is from the lowland pastures to the upper pastures. And to get from the lowland pastures to the upper pastures, you have to go through the valley of the shadow of death. You have to go through the valley of darkness where it's so steep, it's a pass that you cannot see any other route. And that's, what, uh, and that's what you go on through that, uh, through, that, through that journey. The journey from green pastures to then the heights of all that God has. But actually there's a process of tears. There's a process of what is hard. And the model for that and the model for Lent is Jesus, who goes on an incredible 
process. We read about it in Mark 1, uh, where he very uh, immediately after having his identity affirmed by his heavenly father, immediately after having his identity affirmed, he was sent out into the desert. And uh, he spent 40 days in the desert, and it says that angels attended to him after he was tempted by Satan. And what we're going to finish with is I'm going to play a video. And I just want to show a video that is just stills of each day of Jesus' process in that 40. This is the first day. That's Jesus packing up being a carpenter, going on a new pilgrimage, setting out into a different place where there were new fears, having moments of reflection. I love that one that Jesus later says, foxes have holes, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Was he inspired by his time in the pilgrimage process of the desert? Times of reflection on things that are hard. Keep going. And then at the end, times of being tempted, where actually you know, and then angels came to attend him. But that to each of the things that the uh, enemy of his soul tried to tempt him with, he answered with what God's promise was to him. Each of the things, if you can have all authority, all provision, all you need, he answered with what God's promise was to him. And, but what I'd like you to do is, over this time, the images will take you on all, the movie will take you on uh, images of all 40 days. But what I'd love you to uh, just think about for a moment, because we'll then get to share it with somebody else as we remember Jesus in communion, is what does this Lent season mean for you? What do you think you're called to go on a journey with? What are you called to take on or to get rid of for a season? To be a traveller on the way this season? Are there any places that you think you need to be thinking about going to or organised going to? People that you need to be seeing who you know inspire you? Or process that you need to engage with? Two suggestions is um, 40 Acts, uh, the 40 Acts website. I'd really encourage you to sign up to that as a process. 106,000 people have signed up to it this year so far. If you want to get be part of a, an army, of a movement of people, a pilgrim people making a difference in this season, that's a way of being part of a pilgrim process. There are others we can encourage in their journey. Um, some people are literally doing this. You know, can you go to the picture of Rachel? Good child. Uh, Rachel and Paul, on the last week of Lent, are walking the Cotswold Way. They're walking um, and they're raising money. If you want to, they're not here. They don't know. You could give to them. And they're giving to a charity that's based here. And that charity is there. Um, they want to give to young people because Rachel had a really hard childhood. And uh, she actually ended up uh, on the streets and homeless for a while. So part of the reason she wants to do this walk, uh, Holy Week, where she'll be walking back to her home just outside Bristol, is a pilgrimage to deal with her past. And for six days to walk with her husband, dealing with her past and giving it back to the Lord. 
We're doing that in our community. What are you called to do?